Marcy Steck is the communications director at Emily's List. They work to elect pro-choice Democratic women, like me, although I'm not running, uh, to office, and they are the nation's largest resource for women in politics. Now, prior to her work with Emily's List, Marcy served as the Deputy Communications Director for Priorities USA, the super PAC dedicated to the re-election of President Obama. Obviously, they did that well. Their money was uh, uh, definitely raised well, (laughs) as the end turned out beneficially for us on the left. Uh, Marcy, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here. You know, it's interesting that we had you set to be on today and didn't know that Ted Cruz not only was going to announce, but what he was going to say. And I say that because I literally, I get goosebumps and not in a good way when I hear anybody talk about imagining this country without abortion rights, as Ted Cruz did. And I know that the mission is for Emily's List to elect pro-choice Democratic women to office. And we'll talk about the vision of Emily's List in a moment. But first of all, can you share, because I know a lot of especially pro-choice Democratic women who understand why that mission is essential and is still needed uh, desperately, as Ted Cruz, thank you, has proven uh, today in 2015. But explain why that mission, why pro-choice Democratic women uh, should be elected to office and why that's the mission uh, of Emily's List, because I think people need to understand this isn't just about women power. Exactly, exactly, Leslie. And I think that that lead in mentioning Ted Cruz is one of the most extreme on women's health and reproductive access is exactly right. Um, you know, Emily's List has been around for 30 years. We actually just celebrated our 30th anniversary, our 30th birthday, just about two weeks ago, which was very exciting. And we did a lot of reflecting on what we've done over the past 30 years and where we've gone in terms of electing women, um, but realizing uh, we have so much work left to do. Um, and we have a lot of work left to do, not only looking at the numbers, but also just looking at the way that Republicans have taken aim at, at women across the country. And whether that's in state legislatures with restricting abortion access or through Hobby Lobby with, you know, applauding the idea that an employer could make a decision for um, how her, their employees should, make, uh, their, should have access to birth control, it's very clear uh, that there is a need now more than ever for women to stand up and say, no more nonsense, it's time to focus on the things that matter to women and families, make sure that there's an economic fair shot for women to get ahead, and to stop playing politics with women. Um, and that is why, at Emily's List, we are so excited to be supporting, to be standing on the brink of a 2016 an election cycle that will be uh, just run with women up and down the battle ballot, hopefully at the top, all the way down to the bottom. But we have so many women who are going to stand up um, and fight for for what's right for women and for families. Oh, abs- absolutely. I think if Hillary runs, that's we're, we're going to see how gender may be more important, and I'm hoping, uh, than one's party. Because I always say to people, I'm a Democrat, but I'm a woman first. <laughs> you know, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm an you know, employer and employee, but, you know, bottom line, I, I am a, a woman. And that uh, definitely um, is different, you know, uh, from being a man. And speaking of, that's something that bothers me, and even men in America, is that you have all these men without uteruses making these decisions whenever you look at panels in D.C., Um, of our elected uh, officials, our representatives. Uh, But in addition to that, when you look at the polls, whether male or female, even if somebody considers themselves pro-life, they don't want Roe v. Wade overturned. They don't want that choice taken away for someone else because they have that choice to be pro-life and not to elect to have an abortion if they became pregnant. That also is a choice. 
Well, you know, look, I, I think that we have to look at who is making these decisions, right? And the fact that we have a Republican Party that is completely focused on restricting women's abilities to make their own health care decisions. Um, and I think that, you know, you hit, it, you hit it on the nose yet again with the idea that we have room full of, rooms full of Republican men who are trying to make decisions for, for women across the country. And that is not reflective of what, we, what women across the country believe, but it's also not the priorities that they have in mind. Um, and so every single day at Emily's List, we're making sure that we're holding Republicans accountable um, to this agenda and that women voters and women across the country can see that they're just simply not on their side. You know, women make up more than 50% of the population of not just the United States, but the entire earth. Um, Do you think that our government reflects the people that it serves? Do you think that these decision makers are genuinely and enthusiastically, um, as uh, you talk about balancing the voice of power, and that's why we need more women, I believe, uh, in order to have that genuine and enthusiastic fight for greater opportunity and for better lives uh, for the Americans they represent. Everybody wants a better life, not just for themselves, but for their kids, the next generation. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, looking at the numbers, we now have over 100 women in Congress for the first time ever. We have a historic number of women, um, which is exciting, and we have to take a, a moment to, to applaud the work that's, we've, that's been done to get there. But we have so much work to, be, to, to do, and it's not just the work that we do at EMILY's List, but the idea that Republican women are still far behind. Um, and that's unfortunate because I think it's their party that's the, the real problem. The fact that they have an agenda, Republicans support an agenda that is just far too extreme for women to support. Um, so it trickles down into the the fact that they still have um, a far fewer women who are representing on the Republican side. Um, but it also shows uh, goes to show the amount of work that needs to be done to get women in the first place and get women in the pipeline. And at Emily's List, we have um, for years been training women uh, to run for office up and down the ballot. We've actually trained over 9,000 women to run for office in the last decade alone. Um, and this is an opportunity for us to go out into communities across the country and find women leaders, ask them to run, and give them the tools that they need to be successful. Because not everyone's going to run for the first time and end up in, in Congress or end up in the White House, uh, but we know we need women leaders who are on their city councils, on school boards, running for state senate, legislatures, who can be that voice and can be that, that person to stand up for their communities and be the voice of reason at a time when we have far too many legislators who have the wrong priorities. Well, and also, I think that, you know, people have to understand, somebody said to me, actually, when um, I think they tweeted me this or emailed me this this morning when we put out who's coming on the show today, why doesn't Emily's List back a pro-choice Republican candidate? And they had referred to former governor of New Jersey back in the day, Christy Todd Whitman, who was a very moderate Republican. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and my response to them was, and, you know, you can speak to this now, I'm sure they're listening, w- was that... You guys aren't, I mean, there's more than women's rights at stake and women's reproductive rights. That's not the only issue that you have to have a progressive candidate for those other issues. So even though a Democrat and Republican might agree on the issue of choice and be pro-choice, they may not agree on other issues that affect not just women, but their families. Well, yeah, and I think that my response to this is just that pro-choice Republican women simply just don't exist anymore. There's no, there's no space for them in this Republican Party that has gone so far to the right that they've pushed out any voices of moderation. Um, and their entire party platform, whether it's things like uh, you know, access to birth control, access to health care, 
um, personhood amendment is in the Republican uh, platform in that um, in their party doctrine um, is the idea that they still continue to support uh, the entire idea the Republican Party is founded on um, these principles that are completely backwards for women and families. So, um, so it, it really is sad to see that there are no, not many opportunities for moderate women to stand up and buck their party on the Republican side. Just they're, they just don't exist. Uh, most definitely. Um, so many uh, electing leaders who ignite change is part of Emily List's vision. And um, what do you think? needs to change uh, in, in America. And I think what you just spoke of is something that needs to change because the Republican Party seems to have gone backwards, or at least with regard to women, because we can cite a Christy Todd Whitman, for example, a woman who mm-hmm. was, you know, a woman who stood up for women's rights, but, you know, fiscally was more of a conservative and social uh, and was a Republican, but was a more of a liberal and a, and a Democrat, if you will, on social issues. Um, you know, what what does electing more pro-choice Democratic women to offices on a national, uh, state, and, and local level uh, do? Uh, you know, obviously it helps to drive change, but more, what more does that do? Sure. Well, I think it just brings that perspective that is so important as policy is being made. Um, you know, look at the agendas being set. Uh, you know, I, I took take a look at the United States Senate, Senate for example. Um, in the last week, or possibly two weeks now, I can't remember how far this fight has been going on, um, but there has been a, uh, a human trafficking bill that was a bipartisan bill that was introduced um, and sought to help um, and aid some of the most vulnerable women and girls in this country. And this was a bipartisan agreement between Republicans and Democrats that they were going to push a bill through. And at the last second, Republican Senator uh, John Cornyn from Texas inserted some language that would restrict the uh, the ability for women to get access to abortions through this fund. And that has ignited an entire firestorm here uh, in Washington because Republicans were so square deal putting forward this agenda that had um, this anti-choice legislation in it, this anti-choice language, um, that it has shown that their priorities are just so simply squared um, on this, the idea that they're going to get this through. Um, and that's a huge problem because that's not good for the bill and the, bi- the, the bipartisan spirit of this bill. Um, but it shows just that Republicans are so, so um, wanting to push this agenda forward. Now, if you go back to last uh, congressional session when we had uh, the Senate was in the hands of Democratic majority, we had so many women who were at the seats uh, of power. They were the, you know, leading the committees, whether it were on budget or appropriations, and we got a lot done. You know, women were the ones to take up military sexual assault bills. They were the ones to pass budgets for the first time in um, in years since we'd seen that being done. Um, and that contrast is very clear. So it's, of course, important to have women's voices there, but it's also to have them there in positions of power so that we don't end up in a situation where we have more hijacking of legislation, as we've seen over the course of the last two weeks. We're going to take a break. And we are back with Marcy from Emily's List. Uh, Marcy, thank you for holding and welcome back. Um, let's talk thank about values be because we, we women, we Democrats, we pro-choice women do have values. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> some on the extreme right would uh, accuse us not of having. Um, what are the values of Emily's List? And, you know, I've got to tell you, I think it's essential that you – my husband does this with his company, and he's a physician. And he thinks it's important that people – describe and put into words and so their staff knows what the mission is what the vision Mm -hmm. is and what their values are so when i saw from your people that you guys have this with emily's list 
thumbs up right away before I even had you on the show. And I certainly <laughs> have known, now I know the great work that you guys do, but when you put it out there in writing, it not only keeps you focused, um, toward that goal. And I'm somebody that can lose focus a lot. I think we all can, right? We go all over the map, get scatterbrained, whatever, but to keep the focus, not just that for the people that work there, but for the people that want to give money or that may, uh, you know, want to run and look to maybe Emily's list to, you know, help them uh, financially in their campaign. So talk to us about the values. And I, I like I said, I, I applaud you guys for having the mission, the values, to have your goal uh, stated. And I think that's essential for an organization. Well, thank you. Yes, we are very uh, intentional about the work that we do at Emily's List. And like I said, we've been around for 30 years with the sole focus of electing pro-choice Democratic women to office. Um, and that has not changed since day one. Um, so we are proud to carry on with that mission, especially going ahead to 2016. Um, but I think that there is something that is in common with all of the women that we support. And I do believe that, um, you know, this is reflective of our organization and the way that um, our members feel is that every single woman who we support is passionate about her community. She's passionate about public service. She has the right priorities in mind with the progressive mindset, thinking about serving women, families, um, and making sure that everyone has a fair shot to get ahead. Um, and, you know, for us at Emily's List, our members across the nation, you can come to Emily's List and join us, uh, emilyslist.org, if you want to take a look at the women we support or learn more about what memberships mean. We know that campaigns are increasingly more expensive and that it takes a lot of resources to get your message out and to run a campaign that allows you to communicate with voters exactly what your values are and what you stand for and why you are the best person for, um, for that candidate for that particular race. Um, so we encourage our network of over 3 million to get involved, to get involved by informing themselves on the races in their, uh, in their districts, in their, uh, in their neighborhoods, but across the country, too, and also supporting those women um, who might be in your backyard but who also might be halfway across the country, but they share your values, too. So that's why it's important for us and our members um, to really get informed, understand who, who's out there, who needs your help, who needs your support, and maybe give them a $5, $10, contribution every month and so that you know that, that they, those candidates know that we've got their back. Um, and that's what's really exciting about being at Emily's List right now with an election cycle that's gearing up to be the biggest ever for us. Yeah, Kamala Harris, uh, who who is you know from California, where you know I am. Um, I have to say, uh, Senator Barbara Boxer is one of my favorite senators. I would not have my son without her. I adopted a <laughs> child from another country, and uh, she and her staff just uh, I just thought who could even step into her shoes. And when I saw Harris's name, I thought she could. Uh, so I'm really glad that you guys are backing her. Um, we are out of time, but we definitely love to have you back on the show once of again. Course. Thank you, Marcy. appreciate it. Uh, Marcy, Marcy Stetch is the communications director at Emily's List. Follow her on Twitter at Etcha Stetch, E-T-C-H-A-S-T-E-C-H. On Twitter, follow Emily's List at Emily's List. And the website for Emily's List is emilyslist.org.